and welcome to Side by Side Digital, brought to you by Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credit. This podcast series tackles topics geared towards young and beginning producers. Each episode, we invite farm credit and ag industry experts to share their insights on financial management, business outlooks, transition planning, and more. In this episode, we discuss the importance of budgeting and how this activity can help you reach your operational goals. Join us as Rebecca, Maggie, and Dylan talk about the budgeting process and how to get started with a budget for your farm or ranch. Thanks for joining us for Side by Side Digital. I'm your host, Rebecca Shively. I'm a customer education specialist here at Farm Credit Services of America. Today, we are talking about cash flow projections or budgets, everyone's favorite topic, especially farmers and ranchers. Um, I'm really excited for my conversation today. I'm joined by Maggie and Dylan, both with Farm Credit, and we're here to talk about why budgets are important and why it's an activity worth spending your time on. So Maggie, Dylan, I want to thank you both for being here. Maggie, do you want to tell us a little bit about you and your background? Sure, Rebecca. Thanks for having us. I am Maggie Holub. I am a loan officer up in Northeast Nebraska. I've been with Farm Credit for a little over 14 years now. I enjoy working with customers one-on-one, helping them figure out their financial needs. Outside of Farm Credit Services of America, you can find me on the farm by Scribner, Nebraska, where I take care of or help manage and, and do some row crop production stuff there. I also really, really love group fitness and health and wellness, so you will also see me doing that too. Dylan? Yes, I'm Dylan Peeper. I'm a financial officer in Northeast Nebraska. I've been at Farm Credit here going on a little over eight years. A little bit about myself outside of Farm Credit. I have row crop operation and a small cow-calf operation that keeps me vested in ag and helps just relate to farmers. Awesome. So we're talking about budgeting today, which I feel like a lot of farmers, it might not be their favorite activity, but I mean, both of you also have operations. So you kind of know the importance of like doing a budget. So why is this a thing that we should even be thinking about kind of talking about beginning of the year, looking ahead to a new growing season, a new year? Why is it so darn important to have a budget? There's a good analogy here. I always think of doing a cash flow or a budget. It's like leg day in the gym for me. It's like a love hate relationship. But it's so important and you have to do it. We're running, in a lot of cases, multi-million dollar businesses here. So if you're not putting together a budget, you have no idea where you're at. So there's a good amount of importance for them. I like it. Painful in the moment, but hopefully pays off in the long run. Just like leg day. Just like leg day. What about you, Dylan? Is uh, budgeting as painful as Maggie makes it sound? It's very painful, but I feel like it's not as painful as we think. Farmers and ranchers hate sitting down at a desk. You know, they want to work. And I use the motto, like, back in the day, you used to just be able to work harder and make it work. And now times have changed. And everything costs so much more. If you don't understand the numbers in your operation, you're not going to be able to move the needle forward to meet your goals. Yeah, that's a great point. Because it seems like in the past, like, just being a good at the production aspect was good enough, but now everyone's good. Everyone's kind of on a level playing field. So it sounds like kind of really knowing your numbers and having a good handle on that angle of your business is what sets some people apart in terms of who's successful in the long run. Do you want to talk a little bit about how it helps you make decisions? You know, I think one thing 
if you're new to production agriculture or anything in ag or finance, one thing a budget really helps you with is go to your lender with a solid plan and helps them understand your financing needs. As you're just getting started, lenders have a rule of thumb of how much they can lend you, but you also need to understand how much you need yourself. You know, if you're just getting started, you might need a little bit more money, but in relaying that to a lender and they can help you structure that correctly. But also, we don't want to just give you a rope where you go out and spend money and cause yourself to fail. And having a budget just kind of helps style that in or just a rough starting point. And it seems like it can lead to a lot of operations to success in understanding your cost of production, you know, your cash flow needs throughout the year, and maybe some capital purchases you want to make or family living, and just address those to dial them in. Yeah, I think it, it really helps young producers, especially who've maybe never had to ask for a line of credit or ask for financing. I mean, it's a very good process to go through. Like in the start of your budget, you're going to make your crop and livestock plan. So you're going to know how many head, how many acres and what you're gonna potentially sell them for, what you would like to sell your commodity for. So you have what we call your gross farm income. And that helps us as a lender know like total dollar amount, what you're projecting to have for income. And then it's also really good too, on the expense side of it, you sit down and you put all the expenses in for every major category. And I like to follow just your schedule F when you're doing like your tax return, for example, all those major categories, what do I project? to have expenses in. And so that's also another chunk. You'll have your total expenses. It helps you as a producer. It helps us as a lender know what's my total income, what's my total expenses, and how much I would need for an operating line. I think to piggyback off that, if you're a new producer to ag, you know, it's a little overwhelming when you meet with us. The first thing I tell someone is after we do a financial statement is, if they're going to do their projection or cash flow and go meet with your agronomist. Your agronomist is a great place to start because they will be able to give you the numbers instead of guessing. And once you get those numbers, you can come back to us and we can help you figure out where to go. You have all the information at your fingertips. We just need to give you a little guidance on where to go to get it. As a producer, these are the things that we love to do every day. I mean, we love to figure out what our seed cost is going to be, what our for maybe we don't love it, right? Those are the easiest numbers to give to your lender to put into a projection. So don't make it as intimidating as it seems. You have a lot of the data to already put into a projection or a cash flow budget. That's a great point. I think we hear a lot of people say, well, how am I supposed to put these numbers together? I have no idea what prices are going to be like or what the markets are going to be like. But you're right. Like a lot of this, you can look at what you've done in the past. And of course, you always want to adjust it, right? As you go along throughout the year. Yeah. People get kind of tripped up or I always hear the comment like a projection is only as good as the paper it's written on. Yes and no. I, I It's good to, I would say constantly come back to it, but keep coming back to it because things in the market things in our life, things in everyday stuff changes. So it's nice to go back and you start at the first of the year and have a baseline, but but keep updating it. And I will say really good resources if you don't have a place to start in terms of using price, like, like for example, if you don't know what to put for the price of corn or price of beans, FSA is a really good baseline and it's very conservative. So that'd be a good resource. And the major universities, Iowa State and Nebraska Extension put together great resources for 
some baseline numbers to help. I would agree with Maggie. The one resource I use a lot is Iowa State. They have so much information on their website about different tools you can use. I recommend their tools to a lot of producers, but you need the data to put in there. That's the hard part. You know, projections only as good as you need. One of the tools I really like is a 12 month cash flow tool because you can forecast kind of where you are. And I like to meet with my customers about the end of July. And that keeps them accountable that they need to have that updated and realistic. And we talk about the changes in their operation or something that's happened or why, why did these numbers overstate or understate? And also it's a good time to talk about their marketing plan or what they've done and how maybe that affects their end goal for the year. So Dylan, you're using their cash flow that they put together in January and then revisiting it in June or July to have them maybe put in some actuals and maybe revisit some goals and see how things have changed going forward. So I meet with a producer, we do their we do their cash flow in January, but then I take it one step farther and I have them break it out over 12 months. So then they see their monthly expenses and it also helps us as a lender understands their cash flow needs for a line of credit sizing, because we also see, you know, how's their line of credit going to increase during the time? You know, when is your cash rent due? Is it all due in April or maybe it's split in half where it's due in April and October? It just really helps address that, especially when, you know, if we get to July and their line of credit's maxed out, why is that? What happened? That's where there's, it helps the producer kind of stay on top of what's going on in their operation. I will say it's fun. Once you have a baseline projection put together, a way to use it throughout the year, if you have different goals or different things you're striving for, like the price I'm going to use this year might be different than if I'm going to put together something for a long-term purchase, like if I'm looking at a farm. So like I, I like using those FSA conservative numbers for like a 20-year investment to look at how it's going to cash flow. I also like to look at what my year is going to look like too. So like, for example, if I know I've got a lot of my grain marketed, I might use a higher price than FSA, or I might use that contracted price or a blended price for some of it. It helps me make short-term decisions, intermediate decisions, and long-term decisions. That's the cool thing about a cash flow. And the other you know, thing with a cash flow is when you're working with a grain manager or a marketer, they want to see your cash flow because it helps them understand your operation and maybe some strike prices that you want to set in to help offset that. I mean, too many times people just say a random numbers might break even and they never hit that because they don't truly understand that number. And it does vary as your bushels go up and down through the year. But the rule of thumb, you know, when you're looking at cost reduction is try and mark, use your APHs which would be your 10-year average of your farms. You use that for kind of your break-even yield, you know, when you're looking to come up with that, and you may adjust that throughout the year. And I I would suggest, too, if you're a younger producer, you know, you might not have a lot of history established, but this is a really good exercise to go back and do with a mentor or go back and do with a family member who might be actively farming or even the person who farmed the farm before you get the production off the farm in terms of the APHs and maybe they can even transfer that to you and then also work with them on getting maybe what their historical expenses were. It's a really good activity to find a mentor and get some learning in there. 
So if I've never done a cash flow, it sounds like I have a lot of the numbers already. Like you guys work with customers. Like, will you sit down and do this with me? Or do I need to take a stab at it on my own? And then you'll tell me where I went wrong? Or what does that process look like when you're working with someone? I'll give the normal economic answer. It depends, right? It's case by case, Rebecca, really. If it's your first time putting this together, it is very overwhelming. So I try to be extremely helpful. There's lots of forms out there. There's lots of templates. We are very adaptable. We'll adapt to what you like to use, but we also have good resources to send you. So you can bring in all the data. We can plug it in together. I am not opposed to that. I am also a tough love person, and that comes from my coaching at the gym. I think you strongly need to take a chance at it and try it, and then we'll review it together because that's how learning happens, right? And that's how you get better at something if you're not trying it on your own and getting, and then I can give you some feedback. The first time I'll help them with it, you know, help them fill it out and get them to understand. But after that, they need to do it. Otherwise, they won't be done. They won't update it. It's one of those things you do once to check the box and then it's kind of forgotten. It's a really good tool that people need to use more than once a year. Just like leg day, you need your accountability partner. Can't just do it once a year, New Year's at the gym. Great points there. So does Farm Credit have a template that you would share if you were working with someone or do you help people come up with things? How does that work? We have several resources, Rebecca, on templates. I can count in my head, there's at least four of them we could send you via email, like we can email out some sort of form. I love personally what we have in our AgriPoint platform. Now, if you're already an existing customer, you have access to that. It's literally our online cash flow tool. If you like when you're sitting with me in my office doing your numbers, how I plug things into our system, our AgriPoint template follows that process. Gives you all the drop downs, things to think through, follows the schedule F very closely. So there's different forms and different templates. Yes, we can send you. I would agree with Maggie. We have a lot of forms. One form that I find very beneficial is and scary is your family living expense. That just helps you understand your operation and maybe what your needs are because most of the time your family living is coming out of your line of credit and is probably one of the number one reasons we see operations fail is that gets too out of hand. That is a good point, Dylan. Our forms do have a breakout for family living. So it is good to draw attention to that because it is a category that often gets overlooked. I will caution when you are doing that family living budget, if you are filling that out, make sure you're not doubling up some expenses in terms of what's going into the Schedule F and what's going into your loan schedule on your balance sheet. If you got a house payment, don't double it in your family living and cash flow piece on the farm side. Can you share a little bit about kind of common mistakes or things that tend to trip up people when they're working on creating a budget for the year? What are some common pitfalls that you see? Underestimating expenses. Mm. Are there um, some that we underestimate more frequently than others? Utility seems to be a big one. Utilities, uh, fuel, repairs. That's taking a stab in the dark. I get that answer a lot. Like, I don't know what's going to break down. The nice thing is you can go back to your three-year average and your tax return sometimes and get an idea. It's just like family living. Some things just 
get out of control. Repairs, supplies, utilities, maybe lock in or identify as many, I, I call it like solid expenses as you possibly can, right? And knock out the ones that you know, like the known ones. And then that leaves less room for errors or mistakes or hiccups along the way. I will say one thing to go back to a common errors is Dylan was saying like underestimating things. If you have some history with us or with your financial institution, you can look at your operating expense ratio. I mean, if you do a projection and your operating expense ratio is 30%, when historically it's normally 70 or 75, something's wrong, right? Something's misbudgeted. So that's kind of a good good self-check or a little bit of a gut check to go look back at history. I agree with Maggie on that. Your operating expense ratio is a key thing. And another piece to look at is when you're looking at your overall operation, dial in your fixed operating expenses because those are the things that really you can change to move the needle because you know what those are. And that could be your payments, you know, rent payments per acre, your machinery payments. Your rent, generally we have that in a contract, right? So we know what our rent expense is. Like you said, the if you have any sort of lease payments on machinery and equipment, and then your land, if you have land payments, so principal and interest on those types of pieces. And your then insurance. insurance is generally fairly known for a fixed cost. I mean, those really help you dial in kind of your operation if you can get those under control or know what the key metric is on that. So it seems like one of the ways a budget can help you is if you're making some big decisions. So whether to add acres or grow your livestock herd. So talk to me about how it helps make changes on the farm. I would agree with that. When you're making large decisions, it's not just the cash flow that you're looking at. You're looking at your balance sheet and historical stuff, right? So it does help you. I am thinking of a specific example where you've got a younger producer that wants to go buy a quarter of ground, right? Can they go bid at auction? That'd be a life-changing decision for them to go to go add a quarter and and take on that financial responsibility. It helps them hone in on, am I going to be short making that payment, right? Like, am I going to have enough income to make that added extra principal and interest if you're financing that parcel? So I think it really does help you make life-changing decisions, choices. Yeah, I would agree with Maggie. Your cash flow is going to show you what your operation did as of a whole, and it includes your family living, any wage income that you'd get from outside the farm, custom work, and shows you, you know, if you're positive or negative for the year. A lot of times when you go buy a farm, your farm's not going to work unless you get an extremely good deal. But it also helps you decide, you know, maybe I buy a 40 instead of an 80 because I'm short five grand. Well, when you're going to your lender or whoever you're going to to buy it, you know, whether you're a co-maker or FSA, where are you going to come up with that five grand? So my farmer brain likes to think of things fairly simple. So in, in your budget, you've got your income minus all of your expenses. And then from that amount of money, you take out all of your payments and then you take out your living. Did I capture all the pieces? So say, for example, I've got $50,000 left over. If I'm using my cash flow tool to make a farm purchase, I know I have to keep the principal and interest payment 
on the financing terms less than 50000 because that's all that I have left. That's my margin, essentially. So would you both be willing to share what, is, what does budgeting look like on your operations? Like what time of year do you do it? How often do you revisit it? Do you want to talk a little bit about how it works in your own world? I love budgeting and I geek out over it. So I'm one of those. I like to do all of my year-end stuff and get everything ready for the accountant, get all that done by the 31st or the 1st, somewhere in there. And then I sit down and I put together stuff after the first of the year for my budget for 2024, for example. So I'm very religious with that. What it looks like for me, I use our AgriPoint tool. I'm a very, very strong believer or supporter of that. I sit down and I do that. That's my baseline. And I'll send it to my banker and have him look it over. And then I also go through and I detail out the monthly. I'll use that monthly spreadsheet, which we have that as a resource we can send out to folks if they need it. And then I use that to kind of formulate a marketing plan from there. And then I'll also do some sensitivity analysis with my cash flow. So if price goes to $3 for corn or if I only yield 150 bushel corn, like what does that look like? What does my margins look like? I'm probably not that extreme. I created my own Excel spreadsheet and I meet with my agronomist, enter that in. Now, Maggie and I may be a little different as we have a wage offside the farm. So I keep that completely separate and mine is just a farm operation. I only include in my cash flow the debt that is paid by the farm. So I put I start out with my APHs and I kind of break everything out, your fertilizer, rent. We have everything custom farmed for the most part. So those are fixed expenses. And then I come up with my target break-even price and I adjust that throughout the year. On my cash flow, I always I have a 15% over like on my final expenses, I inflate them 15% to give me a little room for some air. That's kind of how I do mine and then I update it quarterly as I go through the year. Nice. I think that's a really good example that there's not a perfect system or one size fits all. Everyone's different. Everyone's operation is different. So, um if for some people it it works using a yellow legal pad and revisiting it versus making an Excel spreadsheet versus using a computer program. I think you just have to find what works for you and make sure you actually do it and you you follow through and you revisit it throughout the year. Can I ask you guys, what do some of your, I don't want to say favorite customers, but what do your favorite customers do when it comes to meeting with you and having an appointment? What do the ones who really set themselves apart do that help set them up for success for the year? Not that I don't like to do my job and help individuals put their financials together, but I'd say the ones that have everything already done. Their balance sheet, their cash flow, they send it to me prior to their appointment. So then it gives me time. I'm a very deliberative analytical person, so I like to review things. And it helps us have more meaningful conversation rather than me just doing data entry when they come in for their appointment. So we can talk about goals. We can talk about what they want to purchase. We can talk about how they, if they want to expand something with, if they want to have another child or if they want to quit their job or so on and so forth. It There's just a lot more meaningful conversations that can happen if all of it's prepared. I would agree with Maggie. The ones that you love are the ones that send you the information and it's filled out correctly and you can review it and maybe you email them over a few questions you have. But when they come in for the meeting, you have a solid an hour conversation of just their financials, their goals, what they want to do. And 
you really move the needle. That's what the rewarding part of everything is, is seeing an operation be successful. Now, each operation, success means different things. You know, some people, their goal is to own own 160 acres where some other people's, it's maybe farm 5,000 acres. We work with everything in between that. Maggie, I know you're really passionate about transition planning. I've heard you talk before about this idea of knowledge sharing and transfer and how mm-hmm. that can be helpful. I know a lot of times people are protective about the numbers or showing the books to the kids and having too many people you know, see that. Can you speak to why that's maybe not a great mindset to have? In a perfect world, the best time, I think, to bring in the next generation and to have them start learning financials and learning like the business side of your farm or ranch would be when you're doing your cash flow. And I think it would be super beneficial for individuals to sit through that process, like with their mentor, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier, like go through that process and and maybe even have the next generation put together their own farm cash flow for the operation or for the farm. It's so important to know the farm financial side of it. I mean, I'll speak from personal experience. My dad passed away 10 years ago and I was 23 years old and some submersed into trying to figure out what our farm family and what our business was doing. And so the more knowledge sharing, the more information that you can provide the ne- the next generation is so beneficial. I mean, it it's almost hypocritical. I, I always hear farmers say they want to pass on the farm and they want that's why they're farming. They want their children to do it. But if you're not sharing the information, you're not you're not setting them up for success. So it's extremely important and I'm str- extremely passionate about it. I agree with Maggie. The one conversation you need to have is what happens when dad dies or mom dies? What happens to the ground? Do you have siblings you have to buy out? Can you afford to buy them out? Is it structured on a contract? Those are the tough conversations you have to have. They're very uncomfortable at first. It's important having those conversations with dad. Like, I can't afford this if you would pass. Him knowing that when you set it up with the lawyers and the whole family, the whole family needs to know it as well. And that's why we kind of recommend working with partners to help you with that. One piece of advice you'd like to leave the audience with as we wrap up here, especially the young and beginning folks. Don't be scared to ask your loan officer what your peers are doing and what you see successful operations doing. I'm going to take this on a whole maybe little personal level little I always challenge my fitness folks that you get one body and it's how you take care of it throughout your lifetime right it took me a long time to figure out that this was my farming operation and I was in control of it and that it's important for me to run it like a farming operation and a farm business and so I, I almost operate my farm just like I do my health and wellness and myself. It, I try to take really, really good care of it. And that took me a long time to get to that point. But that'd be my biggest advice is pay attention to a lot of the small details. Don't get sloppy. Really great advice to end on. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you both, Maggie and Dylan, for spending some time with us today. And thanks everyone in the audience for tuning in. 
hopefully you're walking away with some tips and maybe some inspiration to get working on your own cash flow projection or budget. So thanks again for tuning in and we hope to see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Side by Side Digital brought to you by Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credit. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or post your comments or questions on Facebook and Twitter using the hashtag SXSDigital. For more information or to watch the full webinar and other educational content from our side-by-side digital series, visit fcsamerica.com slash xssdigital. Thanks again for joining us.